Morning, Claremont Bible Chapel. <laughs> morning, Dad. Uh, this morning, I wanted to look at a man who demonstrates the humility of Christ. And I really see a theme of, of the messages that we've heard here at Claremont recently. Last week, we, we were given a, <clears throat> a quite, quite a long testimony of a, a man's life who was, he, he shared the love of Christ everywhere he went in his workplace. And I think that's important. That's something that we should do, that we should always be sharing the love of Christ and people should know that Jesus is in us. And in the evening, I really liked what Jeff Orr said about uh, Daniel and his, he really correlated Daniel, the life of Daniel and and Christ really well in just relating the two and different events that happened in Daniel's life and what happened with Jesus. And he just put it together really well. <clears throat> and one thing that stuck with me that he said was that it's attainable because Daniel did it here on this earth. And we can do it too because the God who Daniel served is the God that we serve. And so <clears throat> this morning, I wanted to sort of continue that thought. And last night, at Saturday Night Outreach, we had our, our brother Lincoln share with us, and he kind of touched on that similar topic of, of living for Christ, living that out, um, and it's for the middle school, high school kids, it's generally in, at school with the teachers and the students around them. Um, but for us, you know, most of us working, it's, it's for the coworkers that we live for, <clears throat> or that are around us watching us, kind of critiquing us and what we're doing. Um, before I continue, um, let's just look to the Lord for help. Heavenly Father, this morning as, as I am up here, it's, I, I really don't want it to be of me. I really don't want to say something that is of me. But Father, we want to look at your word and we want to see the Lord Jesus Christ in all his splendor, in all his glory, in all that he's done for us. Father, that he was a humble servant. And Father, we want to emulate that, but we can't do that without the Spirit's help. And Father, we just ask that as we look at a brother in the scriptures who displayed the humble servanthood that Christ displayed, we just ask that we would take on uh, that heart. Uh, Father, as oftentimes I'm so selfish and, and self-centered, seeking my own. Um, but Father, we want to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I just wanted to ask some questions. Uh, what are you like when you're sick? Um, I'm, I'm actually trying to get over a cold right now, and excuse me if I cough or clear my throat. Hopefully, that's not sort of a, a tick that bothers you. <clears throat> um, if, and if it is, I apologize. But when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling fatigued, when you're tired, when you know, your, your sinuses are congested, and you're having trouble breathing, and you just all these symptoms of sickness are, are upon you, you know, how do you act? Are, are you productive? Can you, can you do things in your life that, uh, you know, I guess are productive? Um, <clears throat> my wife, Rachel, she says of me, and I think this is early on in our marriage, and I feel like I've gotten better, but <clears throat> she says that I'm a, I'm a big baby when I'm sick. And <clears throat> I, prob I probably am. <laughs> I probably am, but I feel like I've been getting better. But how are you when you're sick? You know, are you, are you willing to, to work hard? And there's times that, you know, I'm at the chapel, I'm sick, 
And to be honest, I almost excuse myself in, in doing something maybe uh, menial or just something small, a small task or something, just because I tell myself I'm sick, you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm weak, I can't, I can't do it. So <clears throat> I, I make these excuses up in my mind. But I don't think, you know, there is no good excuse in slacking in your service for the Lord. And that's what I wanted to look at this morning. I have uh, a friend, and I, I want to try to um, keep the details as general as possible because um, this brother has a ministry in a country um, that's very sensitive. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, so my friend, his father is a, was a teacher in North Korea, and he used that position to share the gospel where he could. And this is not something easy. He knew that if he's going to North Korea to share the gospel, even just as a teacher, and in any opportunity that he could get, he would take it, is he knew that the sacrifice of what he was making, he knew the decision he made was it could end up in death. Um, a couple months ago or a month ago, I think there was a report of a, <clears throat> a man who went to an island who uh, he knew that if he went there, most likely he would be killed. They had not received anyone ever. And so um, this man went and he got killed. And same with my, my friend whose father went to North Korea. He was an American citizen who had this opportunity. He, he taught accounting in a university over there. And then if he ever got the chance, he would try to share the gospel. <clears throat> the reason why I mention him is just that the fact that in his, he knew the situation he, he was getting himself into. He knew the possible consequence of the decision he was making to go to North Korea. And yet he still did it. And he was arrested and he was put in a, a cell for about six months. And he told, he, my buddy, he told me that this cell had no windows and just one door and he couldn't see the outside for six months. He was pacing around in the cell. Um, he was doing push-ups. He was doing whatever he can uh, to keep his sanity. And all this for the sake of Christ. You know, he, he, was, he wanted to get the gospel to these people. And in Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> and I, I do have to say that uh, this brother, my, my friend's father was released uh, not too long ago from North Korea, and he's here in the States uh, right now. Um, in Philippians chapter 2, when you read the beginning portions, it's a very, very off-thread uh, portion in the breaking of bread service, and I, I wanted to kind of uh, go over that or kind of skip over that, and it talks about the humility of Christ in the, uh, the verses first few verses of chapter 2, but I want to go to the end and look at a man named Epaphrodites who is the, I think, example of Christ and his humility if you uh, look at him carefully. <clears throat> so Philippians chapter 2, and I wanted to read from verse 25 through 30. But I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphrodites, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need, because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard 
that he was sick. For indeed he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I have sent him all the more eagerly, so that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him in high regard, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me. <clears throat> now, as you see, um, I don't know if why anyone would take notes on the things that I say, but um, if by any chance you are taking notes, I have three points that I, I want to try and hit. Uh, the it's uh, Epaphroditus' resume, Epaphroditus' resolve, and Epaphroditus' Uh, letter of recommendation. So let's start with Epaphroditus' resume. So you see here Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing uh, this letter to the church of Philippi, and I believe Epaphroditus carried that, this letter back to the church of Philippi, and he's actually from Philippi. He was a servant in Philippi, and he had come to give this, give help, bring help to the Apostle Paul. And I believe that the Apostle Paul was in a Roman prison somewhere, and he had needs, and Epaphroditus was the man who decided, I'm going to be the one to deliver the help that the assembly in Philippi wanted to give to Paul. <clears throat> so you see that in verse 25, it starts off with, he, Paul is sending Epaphroditus, he, he wants to send him back, and as he's sending him back, he gives him, there's uh, three things that kind of pop out in, in verse 25 about Epaphroditus. He, he calls him my brother, number one. Uh, speaking of his affection, his connection with him, that he, this is a brother in Christ. Um, when you look at Paul and the words he uses to describe Epaphroditus, uh, you, you look at the things that Paul says about different people, and you know that Paul doesn't waste words. He's a man who who's very specific with his words. He, he's very good with his words, unlike me, and he's very articulate. So when he uses these words about Epaphrodites, his brother, his fellow worker, and fellow soldier, these are things, three things that I believe are important in describing this brother Epaphrodites. And number one, this uh, bond of affection as they were believers, that they had one commonality, and that was Christ. And I think that's something that we have here. If you're a child of God, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have this bond that it's greater than the bond you have as, with blood relatives. This is something that's greater because Christ's blood connects us to one another. And the second thing is their fellow workers. He calls them a fellow worker. Now, a fellow worker, one who labors with one, you know, they labor together for, with one another for the cause of Christ, specifically. <clears throat> I think this points to the fact that Epaphrodites was a hard worker. He worked hard for the Lord. He wasn't a slacker. Um, I, I feel like he wouldn't have been like me when I'm sick, and I make excuses, and I say, I don't want to lift to clean up the tables and chairs or, you know, something like that. Maybe some of you had that, a similar heart um, when you're tired, but... You know, I think he was a hard worker. He was willing to do what it takes. And the final thing is he was a fellow soldier. That's what um, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul calls him, 
a fellow soldier, an associate in, in labors and conflicts for the cause of Christ. I think this Paphrodites was faithful. He was dedicated to the mission, and specifically to the mission of Christ. And I think that's something that I look at my brother who's in the Navy, and I remember when he was being sworn in, and they had him uh, put his hand on the Bible, and each, each recruit, they had them come in, and um, they said some sort of pledge, and then uh, they got some, uh, some uh, what is this called, uh, uh, patch, right, some sort of patch, and um, he started in the Navy. <clears throat> and you, you can't just do whatever you want when you're in the military. You are to follow orders. And they train you. You have to go through boot camp. It's almost like a retraining process of your mind so that you will be obedient. You will be responsible. And I remember my brother telling me, my brother, when he joined the Navy, he was, I think, about 20, 26, 27. So he was a little older than a lot of the younger recruits who were fresh out of high school. They were 18, 19 years old. And my brother was saying, they don't know how to, how to make their beds. They don't know how to clean anything. You know, they don't know how to do anything. But, and so he was sort of the older mentor that had to teach these guys and keep them in line a little bit because if, if they don't do it right, you get in trouble too. You get in trouble with them. And so because he didn't want that, um, he, <clears throat> he realized, I got to help these guys along a little bit. And so when you get, go through that training process, you learn you have to be faithful. You have to follow orders. And you have to be dedicated to the mission. I think these are things that Epaphrodites displayed. And not only that, but he was a messenger and a minister to Paul. And you, you think of this, this is the, the Apostle Paul that we're thinking about. And he comes, just, I, and we were gonna go on to read about him and the struggles that he had to face just to meet the needs of Paul, just to help Paul, to bring the help that the, the Church of Philippi wanted to give to Paul. And the, the question I have this morning when it comes to, you look at Epaphroditus' resume and this list of things that Paul spoke highly of him. And I, I wonder to myself, and I ask, uh, maybe you can consider this. What are the qualities that Paul might pick out in you if you are a co-laborer with him? What are the, the things, the characteristics that Christ would see in us that would display or point to him. And I, when I asked myself these, these questions, and I looked at my week, I had to say, not as much as I would like. And it really should really convict us, and really, it really should prick us to, to think about, does our life, does the, the things in our life, the characteristics in our life, if other people looked at us, and we've had testimony last week of, of men who were sharing the love of Christ and they were and men and women who were displayed Christ wherever they were. That people could point to them and say, that person is a Christian. Do we have that? Is, is, are those character, characteristics evident in us? <clears throat> now moving on to Epaphroditus' resolve in verse 26 through 27. And it says... Because he was longing for... This is a, a funny, interesting uh, couple of verses. 
because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this guy was longing to see the saints in Philippi. He was the one who was sick. He was the one who was to the point of death. And yet it says he was distressed because he had heard that they had heard that he was sick. Does that make sense? How, does anyone have that kind of, 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 of emotion when you, when you feel sick? Do you ever, you're, you're feeling so sickly, you're hurting, and someone heard that you're sick, and you think, man, I feel really bad that they know that I'm sick. I got to tell them somehow, or I'm, I'm distressed, I'm worried, I'm in anguish. And the thing is, this word, distressed, that it's speaking of, it's speaking, that, that word is the same word that is used of Jesus when he, he was in the garden. So this, this is how, this is his attitude, right? I mean, you, you, you want to correlate someone with Christ in, a, in, in an attitude that they have. Here, Epaphroditus, in his sickness, to the point of death, he's worried about other people, worried about him. I mean, and it really points to, I think, in that sense, you look at him, Christ, in the same way. He was not worried about himself. Well, this morning, a couple brothers prayed about the Lord Jesus when he was on the cross. <clears throat> if you're nailed to a cross, your feet are nailed, you have a crown of thorns on your head, you're bleeding, you're hurting in pain, your back was whipped. Would you think about anybody else? Would you? No. Why would you? You're the one in pain. You're the one suffering. And not only that, you're not suffering. He wasn't suffering for himself. He was suffering for all of us. He was suffering for everybody in the world. And yet, he would say, forgive them, but they know not what they do. Unbelievable. And here, Epaphrodites, uh, this word, similar, distress. He's distressed over people hearing that he was sick to the point of death. <clears throat> Verse 27 says, again, I just want to read, For indeed he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would have not have sorrow upon sor sorrow. <clears throat> we don't know exactly what kind of sickness that Epaphrodites had here. Um, it doesn't tell us. Um, some people might say that he was sick because of some sin, like 1 Corinthians 11. But that can't be the case, because if you go to verse 30, it clearly says that he came close to death for the work of Christ. So that, that's not the case. It wasn't because of some sin that he committed. It wasn't some sin that Paul committed. Obviously, this was just something that kind of like maybe, uh, and it's interesting because the Lord, as he's, what is Epaphrodites doing? He's doing the work of the Lord, right? He's following, and I think it's obvious that this is, this is, he's following the will of God, and yet he's suffering. He's sick. I mean, God could have healed him at any moment, but he's, he gets to the point of death, and it says, God had mercy on him. And this mercy that, 
uh, speaking of, oftentimes you think of mercy, and I kind of mentioned this last time I spoke, uh, when I spoke about blind Bartimaeus and how he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. This is the same type of mercy that we're speaking of. He's, this is a God having compassion on Epaphrodites. God loving and caring on Epaphrodites and having mercy on him so that not only on him, but also on Paul. Because Paul is watching this man who came to serve, who brought supplies, who I don't know exactly what he brought to Paul. Maybe it was some financial support. Maybe it was clothing. Maybe it was some food. Whatever it was that he brought. But Paul is watching this man who came to bring the support from the church of Philippi, and he's dying. <clears throat> and when you look at verse 30, it definitely says, Epaphrodites came close to death. And what was it for? Obviously, it was for, in verse 30, for the work of Christ. God had, had mercy on Paul as well. And <clears throat> I had a very uh, nice card sent to me. Um, some, I'm sure many of you receive cards from this sister. Thank you, Jennifer. And, <clears throat> and uh, in it, she, she wrote some, some verses in there. And what, I was reading it, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, it says, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And here Paul, seeing the suffering of Epaphrodites, I think he's under, he, he actually wrote 1 Corinthians a little bit before he wrote Philippians. And so, I, I mean, he can maybe even recall these, these words that when I see a brother suffer, he, he's to the point of death, I'm, I'm suffering with him. I'm hurting with him. I'm struggling with him. And so here, I think, where, where it says God had mercy, when he says God had mercy on me as well, because he had to watch this brother suffer, and God had mercy on him. <clears throat> also, God's mercy or compassion was so that Paul would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Uh, I mean, you, you can look at it, you know, it doesn't really say exactly uh, whether it's just the, the sorrow that he had on seeing his brother suffering and then that leading to death, or maybe another brother or sister had passed away recently. And so then another brother or watching Epaphrodites to the point of death uh, would be even more sor sorrow for Paul. I don't know, but whatever the case may be, God had mercy on Epaphrodites and on Paul. <clears throat> kind of I, I, an example I thought of in in relation to this is, I think if I got into a, a major car accident and I almost died, and I, I sent word, our Claremont Bible Chapel found out about this, this accident that I had been in, and I was near death. And you guys were very worried. You were praying for me. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm thinking, I heard that you guys in Claremont heard about me in this near-death experience in a car accident. And I decide, you know, I want to pray for you because I know that you're worried. I know that, hopefully, I mean, I think most of you love me, so <clears throat> you guys would pray for me and, and, and send cards or whatever it is. 
But that's, that's the kind of situation that Epaphroditus is in. He was near death, and yet he was worried about the people who were worried about him. It just, I can't get over that. It just speaks to his character and uh, his humble servant's heart that, you know, really demonstrates Christ's heart. And in verse 28, Therefore I have sent him all the more eagerly, so that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less concerned about you. So Paul sends Epaphrodites, he's sending him back to Philippi, and there's a sense you get of, you know, Paul's excitement. Paul's, I think Paul had, you know, after watching this man go through a near-death experience, and now he's able to send him back to where he came from, send him back to Philippi, and he tells them to rejoice uh, that he may be less concerned about them. And I think that, <coughs> excuse me, it reminds me of, or I have a coworker who just had surgery not too long ago. And uh, this was a hard surgery for him. And he's going to be, he's supposed to be out for a month, but he came by this past week to pick up his paycheck. And we, everyone got to see him. And there was this, this you know, everyone was so uh, overjoyed to see him. They, you know, there's this warmth of knowing that this, this guy made it out alive. And he's actually a, a brother in Christ. <clears throat> And uh, he, if you, if you think of him, his name's Armando, and his, his family's not saved. Uh, and so even before the surgery, he was telling me, could you pray for my family's salvation? But this man, he comes back to work, and everyone's kind of giving him hugs and, and just uh, showing him love and caring for him and uh, just asking him about how he's doing. And I think this is the, the, the reaction that Paul's hoping for. Uh, with the church in Philippi, that as he's sending Epaphrodites back to them, that they would receive him with open arms, uh, with a kiss, with a hug. And I think, you know, judging by uh, their concern that they were worried about him, I think, I think that would be the case. And I, I could just imagine what it would have been like for Epaphrodites to go back and just uh, the joy of the saints to be able to receive a brother back. And in verse 29... It says, receive him then in the Lord with all joy and hold men like him in high regard. <clears throat> I mean, if you think of someone you love and care about who's gone through some difficulty, some difficulty, some trial in their life, and you see the, the tough situation that they've been in, and you weren't able to see them for a while, and you weren't even able to be there to, to be there for them, to comfort them. Uh, I kind of think of uh, my grandparents in Korea, my mom's parents, who passed away. And I wasn't able to be there with the family. I wasn't able to talk with them. And uh, about half of uh, my mom's side of the family aren't saved. They're not believers. They don't have a hope. They don't know what happens after death. I mean, they've heard the gospel message, but they haven't trusted Christ. And so I wasn't able to comfort them. I wasn't able to talk with them. And yet, here, the church in Philippi get this opportunity as Epaphroditus is bringing this epistle back with him to talk and to, to show, show them, I'm okay. You know, it's okay, guys. 
I know you were worried about me. And I was, I was even, it seems like he was even more worried that they were worried about him. And Paul tells him to, to think of this brother in high regard, to, to think of him as dear, as, as honorable, as precious. This brother who, <clears throat> and one of the things I think of is uh, the assembly at Philippi, Philippi sent Epaphrodites. You know, I wonder how it must have felt to know that they sent this guy and he almost died. You know, he, they sent him and just uh, knowing, oh man, just he could have died. And we sent him over there. And yet he's coming back. <clears throat> and Rachel knows uh, that I'm not the most uh, expressive person in certain situations. Sometimes I can be, but... A lot of times I'm not. Uh, one of the times that I think of is, and I, I probably mentioned this from time to time in my messages, just because uh, it was truly a, a wonderful day for me, the day that I got married and the day that I saw Rachel, uh, Bob walking her down the aisle, and just that emotion and the tears that welled up in me, and just that seeing my bride for the first time that day. And I, I, I want to say that that may be the, a similar type of emotion that the saints in Philippi had of, of seeing Epaphrodites, just that emotion of, he's okay. He, he, he didn't die. God had mercy on him. In verse 30, it says, Because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service for me. Here we see that Epaphrodites was doing the work of Christ, which caused him to risk his life. I wonder if he knew that that peril was there before he left, before he decided to take off, before they were sending him. It was for a service for Paul, and Epaphrodites was willing to risk his life, whether he knew it or not, in completing the service that was asked of him by the Church of Philippi. <clears throat> I wonder if, if we would have that type of resolve. I wonder if when people would look at us, they would say, that person is someone who does the work of Christ. No matter what, no matter the cost, it doesn't matter how hard it is, but they're willing to do it. So we looked at Epaphrodites' resume. The Apostle Paul gives a list of Epaphrodites' character, as a faithful servant. And again, I ask, if the Apostle Paul were to check off a list of our qualities, what would they be? Would, would he be able to list anything of Christ, of Christ's character and our service for him? We looked at Epaphroditus' resolve. Epaphroditus was focused on what he had to do for the Lord and following through what was asked of him from the assembly at Philippi. Are we concerned with others in the midst of our trials? It's really easy to be focused on self, isn't it? It's really easy to be, look at ourselves and say, I got to do this, I got to do that, I'm, I'm struggling here, this is so hard, I'm sick right now, I'm coughing, I don't want to cough all over people, so I don't want to do that. And just coming up with all these excuses, but you look at Epaphrodites and his humble servant's heart like that of Christ. Do we have that kind of heart or are we self-centered? 
can we be labeled as one who does the work of Christ. And finally, Epaphroditus' letter of recommendation. Paul encourages the saints in Philippi to hold Epaphroditus as more honorable, honorable, excuse me, more precious, more dear in the reception of him because of what he was willing to do to fulfill the work of Christ. Again, do we have that kind of heart? Do, are we willing to fulfill the work of Christ? And, and it's not because of what others think, but it's because of what God thinks. It's because of what Christ thinks of us. And a great servant of the Lord will not allow personal trials to be an obstacle for one's potential. Epaphrodites was a man who was willing to serve. People were worried about him, and he was even more worried. That's the type of heart that he had. And you think of my, my friend's father who went to North Korea. He didn't do that for selfish reasons. There's no way. Why would you go to North Korea? That place is... If you're a Christian, if you, if you read the Bible, if you say the name of Christ, there will be serious, serious consequences. And yet he was willing to go. And maybe, just maybe, this morning, as we live out our lives for Christ, you know, most important thing is to know Christ. And if you know Christ, do we have that heart to, no matter what, follow him? No matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, follow him, to pursue him. We're going to close a little bit early. Heavenly Father, we just thank you <clears throat> for just your care for us. And we look at our brother from some thou couple thousand years, Epaphrodites, and just how he, he, he wanted to serve. He wanted to serve no matter how difficult it was. And in his service for you, in his heart for your people, for the Apostle Paul, you would demonstrate a Christ-like heart. And Father, this morning, we ask that you would help us, help us to demonstrate that type of resolve, that type of desire to serve Christ. Father, if there's anyone who does not know Christ and is outside of Christ, uh, may they get right with you this morning. And those of us who know Christ, who he's our Savior, He's the one who we, we would like to call Lord, and yet we don't really live like it. And Father, we just ask that you would give us a heart that would yield completely to the Spirit of God, that he would work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>